0: And we back, and we back, and we (laughs) back, and we back, and we back. This ain't no intro, it's the entree Hit that intro with Kanye I sound like Andre Tryna turn my baby mama To my fiance She like music, she from Houston Like Auntie Yancey Man, my daughter couldn't have a Better mother If she ever find another You better love her Man, I swear my life is perfect I can merge it If I die, I'll probably cry In my own service I, I, It was a
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Two Red Gringos. That's right, it has been a long time, but I'm your host, Phil Baki, and I'm joined, as always, by Pat Staley. Pat, how does it feel to finally be back on the mic?
2: Feels pretty good after we get all the uh, typical audio issues worked out, but uh, we back, feeling good.
1: Yeah, it's yeah. It's been,
2: uh, as we said, a hot minute.
1: Yeah, yeah, it has been a hot minute. Um, before we get into, I mean, we have... Like So much to talk about today between all the matches that we kind of missed in our, in our little uh, hiatus, our short, short hiatus, um, but we've got that, Chelsea, I mean, what a match, Porto, we're into the semifinals of the, of the Champions League again, so so much to break down, but um, we'll start as we, as we normally do with a nice little segment of Pick Your Poison, and Pat, what are you rocking today?
2: I gotta tell you, I'm in a bit of trouble. Oh no! The uh, well, number one, you know the uh, the misses the old. I, I'm fixing my glasses right now as I say this. <laughs> I think that's a requirement when you say the old ball and chain. <laughs> you know, adjusting the glasses on. But anyway, she's she's out of town, um, and this Bohemia we've we've discussed mm-hmm. in length numerous yes. times. It is is it the number one? I'm drawing a blank here. The number one on our Mexican beer list or what? No, that was Negro Modelo, right?
1: It was. Yeah. Yeah. Negro Modelo was, was it, number it one. was
2: on, we'll get our stats guy on it to confirm. Yeah. But Bohemia Pilsner specifically out of a can is, uh, I'm drinking this like water, like, <laughs> like it's Pepsi Cola and Muhammad Salah just handing me cans of it. Like it, I don't know what it is. It's, It's got this gold, like, lining around the can. You know, like, you got the the gold tip audio things. Maybe it just gives it that little extra flavor. But these are trouble because it is, it's damn good. (laughs) And coming in at a surprising 4.7%.
1: Okay, so a little, like, slightly higher than your average kind of normal lager, if you will.
2: Yeah, I mean and and you know me, like Teddy from Brooklyn nine
1: nine.
2: Like yeah. I love
1: my pills. Love a good pill my pills. <laughs> the uh I'll be honest, the can when I saw it over videos really struck me. I when you when you quickly drank it, I thought you were drinking a Dr. Pepper. And I was like, it's a little it's a little close to the so, so when you said you were in trouble, I thought it meant that you were gonna <laughs> out yourself for drinking pop on the
2: <laughs> No, I I would never. I would pick, never pick even your, pick your pot. Even when Ooh. we've it, my darkest days when I've been, like, at my most hungover when we've been recording. I'm still going to go out of my way, you know. It, it may be a jug of water, but there's also going to be something, some brew lurking nearby.
1: Yeah, the, uh, I, you know, I had to, we're back and I had I have a reputation to uphold, so I, uh... Hop going. I went with the, uh, with a, a new dogfish head one I hadn't seen before. Liquid Truth Serum. So, I mean, this is facts-based, facts-based pod, facts-based accounts. Facts so only. Truth Serum. You know, that's what facts only, mate. And uh, so, Liquid Truth <laughs> Serum. So, you're getting only facts on this episode of the pod. Um, yeah, I mean, besides, I mean, aside from that, you, uh, you did some traveling, too, recently. You were, uh, you were back in uh, the, the motherland recently.
2: Yeah, we got, to, uh, we got to hang out in El Paso. Some of the worst mezcal I think I've ever had.
1: It was terrible.
2: It, it, it was god-awful. Really but bad. yeah, a lo- lot of travel for work. But that, that was the highlight, of course, sharing drinks with the uh, El Paso crew.
1: Yeah, yeah, that was, uh, it was a good time. Um, yeah, a little, uh, I don't want to say soured at the end there, but just harshed our, uh, harshed our mellow yeah. with, the, with the mezcal. It was a, it was a good idea. It's like yeah, it's like when you try to pull off that that pass to really finish off a an attacking move, and it just kind of <laughs> it just doesn't come off. Like just, you hit it, you overhit it, and it just goes out out for a goal kick.
2: Wasn't um, working in the final third for us that yeah, night. But yeah. all even even in the build up, which I'm referring to is, is trivia. I came clean about my extreme social phobia related to trivia in entering. Entering into an existing team yeah. and trying to live up to expectations and making sure that I don't, you know, screw everything up. Um, I'm pretty sure, even with the help of Alan and Brian, we got dead last.
1: That is, tribute. is that accurate? That is not accurate.
2: <laughs> Didn't we get dead last? I thought we got no, dead last.
1: No, I think we came second, and because <sighs> uh, because we, we won a gift card, I'm pretty sure.
2: Oh, I've, I've been living with this or weight third, on my shoulders. Third,
1: maybe, but either way, we placed. Okay. Yeah. Okay.
2: All right. That that I'm feeling much better now. I might I might just add another Bohemia pills to the mix <laughs> end tonight.
1: So uh, yeah, no, that's what, I mean, it is. There's a little bit of pressure, but I will say that. Um, <laughs> My wife, my wife literally would not allow anything like a dead last finish to happen. Um, just by her music knowledge alone, she would drag us across the finish line um, in in some, some form of respectable uh, respectable placement. So yeah,
2: yeah, that she's got a an impressive knowledge base there. I was just banking on maybe they'll ask an Akon question <laughs> or Fast and the Furious. And, um, yeah, they didn't. So, my contribution was limited,
1: <laughs> sometimes it's just the <laughs> luck of the draw you know at a at a night like that. Um, <laughs> I mean, as we get into like we talked about it's been it's been a while since we talked um, we've got a a bunch of matches that happened since uh since our our last episode, which was recorded immediately following the zero zero draw at old trafford so that just feels like a long time ago. Um both in the performance and in the uh and in the time actually elapsed. So I just I, I wanna talk about some of the stuff. I mean immediately following that draw, we go out, we we beat Watford five nil, mm. then we draw Everton zero zero, then beat Burnley four two, Byron three one away. against Fulham, 2-1 against Tottenham, 3-1 against Southampton, and 2-0 against Porto. I mean, this last stretch of games has been wild in the ups and downs that this fan base goes through. And looking at it broadly, it it really is almost shocking to see how the narratives change from game to game uh, as we kind of look back with the, you know, benefit of hindsight.
2: It's been a scene, man. The... uh... I love the Watford demolition you know Burnley that maybe that 4-2 scoreline kind of flattered them a little bit with the the Allison goal and all that but I don't know it's funny because aside from Watford it, it maybe I don't know if you can say that we handled Porto but you know I think in terms of scoreline definitely but that, that might flatter us just a little bit but Byron was one of the one of like the most comfortable games i kind of felt because after we we've been on this upswing even mm-hmm. with the with the everton draw rattling off win after win you know we've had to dig deep in so many of these matches right like milner last minute penalty yeah. against fulham uh sala making some magic happen against spurs even tottenham like it was it was getting pretty nervy there oh, so this team has some has some grit to it that we haven't really seen before, right? Not just in terms of pulling out ridiculous wins, but really, you know, digging in deep and, and finding something consistently too. So it's it's been a ride too, and that that's just speaking to really the the league the league games, and not as much the Champions League matches.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it's really been interesting because after that after that everton game that that 0-0 draw it really felt like a lot of people's takeaway from that is that's that's the title challenge over <laughs> in the immediate yeah. aftermath it was uh, you know i just uh, you know apocalyptic takes like everybody was er, there were so many people who were just ready to throw in the towel and and the response of the team from there, like the, the 4-2 against Burnley was was a pretty complete performance with a couple of couple of off moments. The 3-1 against Bayern, like you said, it's it that's just a t- one of the more complete performances that we've seen this season. Yeah. Um, and to do it in Munich as well. Yeah. Just
2: as a statement. game. Yeah.
1: yeah, absolutely. And especially for a team that had not done anything away from home in Europe up to that point to go to the Allianz and, and get a win and a comprehensive win uh, just said a lot about what, what the team's made of. And then they spend the next two games trying to uh, murder the entire fan base <laughs> to, with dramatic, <laughs> dramatic late winners uh, letting Ryan Ryan Babel score uh, a, uh, a gift from Verge and Allison that you rarely see.
2: <laughs> and a gift he did not want. No. Like, it took every... <laughs> Every ounce of him wanted to just pull up and just chuck that ball into the stands. You could see it almost in slow motion as it happened real time. He did not want to score that goal.
1: The guy's got his hair dyed red. He's he is at Fulham. They wear black and white. I know the red of the, you know, the F's are red in their badge or whatever the letters are red in their badge, but they are they wear black and white, and he has his hair dyed red pure red. So, yeah, I, I agree that he, he would have, he, a part of him wanted to end up on miss of, you know, miss of the season type sports center, not top 10, <laughs> if, if it meant us winning the title. But I think it just shows the confidence that Ryan, you know, scores that kind of pads his stats a little bit, just knowing that, you know what, they're probably going to go the other end and score somehow. Um, <laughs> anyway, so that's what the 2-1 against Tottenham such a such a weird one because the 2-1 against Tottenham at Wembley earlier this season that's you know the scoreline that it was um that game felt completely different to this 2-1 where yeah we got out to a two goal lead and they scored a little late and it was maybe a little nervy at the end but you know overall we controlled it this one felt like it was slipping away and yeah that moment of magic that we've seen this season just came back to, to bail us out, and we've, uh, yeah, we've shown that kind of fight late in these games.
2: Yeah, the the Tottenham one especially was kind of a tale of two halves where we we controlled it, we dominated, uh, didn't really adjust to the changes Pochettino made, and but but yeah, Salah was there, and even you know those early games. Between our, our our quick hiatus, where where Salah wasn't necessarily scoring, but he was creating, right? Even when he wasn't, oh, what was it? Uh, was it Burnley, or where was it when he could have easily picked up two assists, like created two obvious chances, but just didn't get the I, <laughs> didn't necessarily get the credit for it? I think it was Burnley, but I, think, I can't remember. Yeah,
1: I think it was. I think it was Burnley.
2: Yeah, but either way, like he's creating. He's you know, he's getting us, and 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 Simon Brundish posts this all the time, the amount of, like, game-changing goals that he scores. Yeah. You know, he was setting those up. And, and we've seen almost this overlap of Sala creating and this, not the rise of Mane, but Mane just, you know, coming into extreme goal-scoring form, as you predicted at the start of the season, we might add. <laughs> um, but But now he's beginning to kind of take those reins back and that was no more evident evident than the absolute like i i couldn't find the words i tried translating into arabic and posting it just didn't feel right but <laughs> i wanted to say like that almost converted me to islam yeah. that that strike <laughs> the, like it was we we'll, we'll talk about it later cuz i got a bone to pick with some of the things people were saying about it but th- like a, a solace screamer mhm it I mean, I've got no words. I've yeah. got no words, for it. but but he is. He he's back, back on the goal goal scoring sheets. Which no better time than now to do so.
1: Yeah. The uh, and I mean the last the last couple of games before we hit Chelsea. You know, it's a three one win against Southampton. Keita getting getting off of off of the mark and and getting that first goal for Liverpool in the league and um, just the. The relief on on Naby's face when it when it went in, mm-hmm. and just having that opportunity—the header at the back post—and and you know you can see just his hands cover his face immediately. He's just like, "Thank God <laughs> um, that he that he finally got on the end of something and and something fell his way." There's been so many nearly moments for Naby in this first season here at Liverpool to see him finally get his reward, and now it seems like he's really starting to click here at the end of the season. I mean, it's just, it's got to be, uh, it, you know, it's great to see that he's kind of coming good here right at the the business end.
2: Yeah. And we've been, we, we've discussed that in length too. The mm-hmm. quality that he showed at the start, injuries, and then just like Shakiri, who's been <laughs> even more anonymous lately. Right. Uh, you know, it seems like almost this rite of passage for every big, like, Liverpool signing or, or people trying to carve out their spot in the 11. Uh, they have to go through this little growing period, um, but his, his performances lately are just you know speaking to exactly what we knew we were getting when we signed him.
1: The, I, I do I want to jump kind of straight into this Chelsea match because this this match represented for, for I think a lot of Liverpool fans so much pain. <laughs> over the last over the last few seasons, just games against Chelsea are are so charged with emotion often, and we've played them at such important points of seasons. I mean, whether it's you know Champions League semifinals or uh, or quarterfinals, and then you know at the business end of of a couple of title races, and the raw emotion of the of the full-time whistle and even just when when Salah's goal went in. I mean, did it it felt like Liverpool purged some scar tissue and demons by winning that match in the manner that they did.
2: It I mean we love a 2-0. And that that 2-0 was haunting us still <laughs> from 13-14. But <laughs> I mean even seeing like Robertson slip and just being like you Know we said at the time, thank god it fell to Higuain, but um, <laughs> no, I, I literally collapsed when Salah's goal went in. Like, <laughs> like, it was, I mean, the, the Mane buildup, a hendo cross. Mm-hmm. Like, we, we might need to have a follow up podcast this week or next just to talk about and play clips of the recent Hendo crosses yeah <laughs> but when Salah's goal went in just that like because you've got this whole like Hazard-Sala battle and just like absolutely finishing him off with I, I don't I don't want to say his best goal because some of the ones he scored last season were incredible but in terms of just like I'm, I mean, I love, we, we love the Gerard strikes. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite goals of all time is Sedor's like rocket shot as yeah. it's known. So just seeing Salah just pile drive this shot and just, I, I saw today too, just this swagger. And he, he looked, anytime those chances opened up against Porto, he looked like he might take it too. So, and he took his goal today, extremely well. So I, I think yeah, that just boosted his confidence level, but it, it still is only a piece of how much he dominated that game. And we can point to Hendo having great matches, like Trent, even Van Dyke and Allison. But Salah is just, when he's at that level, it's just, it, it, it's rare air, right? That's yeah. resor- reserved for like Messi, Ronaldo, maybe Mbappe, people like that. Like only yeah. a few people can pull off performances like that.
1: The the way I don't think we're really ever going to come off this goal because it is just that good. And I mean, if it ends up meaning something very, you know, very meaningful at the end of the season, then it'll be one of those moments that that goes down, you know, in in Liverpool history forever, um, just as as kind of the moment everyone realized that something was happening. Um, But the the way we've seen, you know, Liverpool players cut onto their onto their stronger Foot from the outside. I mean, Coutinho made a living of it here, um, and I was I was glad to see him, you know, pull pull it off against United, um, even though it was in Barca colors. Um, but we we we've seen those type of shots where a guy comes comes in off the wing and and curls it, and and Salah did it, you know, last season where he curls it into that far corner, and it is that's you know just majestic to watch. Yeah. But there was something about this shot where. From the angle that the camera is at, the whole world watching that game was basically right behind the ball. <laughs> yeah. And you can see in just the way that he hit it, it, it it doesn't move. It's just, it is as sweet a strike as you'll ever see. And for that to to just end up in the top corner, I mean, there is something truly kind of special about the idea that Everybody on Earth, the second he hit it, knew that it was going to be like a special goal, and everybody. I I think the reaction of of everyone to it is just uh, is so indicative of what a good goal it is, and it just in a, in that match it just feels so much even more amplified because if he does it against you know Cardiff or or Huddersfield, then we enjoy it, but there's so many people yeah. who kind of otherwise miss it. So for it to happen in a match of that magnitude at the end of the season, I mean, it's just, it's a stunning goal and it's done at the highest level of competition. So I just, I I really do think that it's one of those things, like you said, I mean, for, for Mo to be doing all of the things that he does well and to be doing stuff like that. um, This is exactly what you want out of your best player at the tail end of the season.
2: Yeah. And (laughs) factoring in the, the previous Chelsea, like the weight of the, the narratives, you know, you could say that I I think that just added to it for us. And I don't know, it's just kind of cool now with the, you know, on the cover of time and (laughs) John Oliver writing, you know, he's one of the best footballers in the world and even better person. So yeah, Uh, it's a good time. It's a good time for Mosala, which means it's a good time for us.
1: Yeah, he. Uh, I mean, and even using his platform at Time Magazine to to stump for for women's rights in the Arab world as well. I mean, yeah, come on, like hitting screamers and and then <laughs> going out doing doing you know philanthropy and that's just it's a type of. I I said on Twitter earlier that like modern football doesn't deserve. Mo Salah like he's too good of a person and uh and so yeah we're just lucky to have him I mean the other the other guy who has really kind of burst back on the scene we used to talk about but for those of you who have listened to the podcast for a while we always used to say fuck the haters like blank insert player name edition. Jordan (laughs) Jordan Henderson in the last couple of weeks has had some absolutely like the epitome of a fuck the haters performance. Um, just
2: running through him. yeah, he, gr-
1: through he, the, he he grabs the he he grabs a third goal against Southampton making a just one a run into the box that we haven't seen <laughs> in what seems like a decade. and uh, and then we've seen the return of the Hendo cross as you as you alluded to. Jordan Henderson being kind of revitalized in this in this midfield of uh what we've seen recently with Fabinho Kaita and and himself, that um is two thirds of what we thought our best midfield was, you know, at the start of the season. We always kind of wavered on what that third spot is. Does it seem now like we've finally kind of found that formula where we have the right balance between defense and attack uh, with Hendo unleashed in that kind of box to box role.
2: I don't think we've wavered. I think from the very start of the season, we looked at our 11 and said, This is the lineup. E- even with Monte, because we weren't sh- maybe we weren't sure about Gomez, but <laughs> Gomez, like, have earned his spot, right? Gomez yeah. had not come back in automatically, right? But that might be the one adjustment you would make to this eleven to say this is the best Liverpool lineup, um, and we kind of called that at the start. And we might have seen this combination before, or especially with Hendo and Fabinho, but it's never been Hendo in this role, right? And I and it's um, Babu making the point all the time, right? It's not just positions but it's the role and Hendo can be on the pitch with Naby and with Fabinho but if he's not being more aggressive if he's not getting out a little bit further on the wing on the right getting into the box putting in crosses we're not getting the most out of him even Klopp I think said that and took some ownership of it we've been putting Hendo in that six role and, and he's been limited right and I think even to the same extent you could probably tell Jeannie to go out and play this role. We see him maybe more so for Netherlands uh, operate in a more attacking sense. So to see Hendo kind of freed up. And I just think it's just a good, it's a great balance between Fabinho there to protect with his just kind of defensive soundness, but also Naby too, who's beginning to play that role of which few people in the world can do where He's attacking, but he's also defensive-minded to protect the back four. And so it shifts, right? If Naby's going forward, Fabinho and Hendo Hendo can shift. But now Hendo's getting a little bit more license to move forward. So, I I mean, that's what we said we wanted to see from day one. It's taken a long time, and for whatever reason, it's always a process. But I, I think we're at that point now where we're getting the most out of each player's strengths while also making our overall 11 as good as it could possibly be.
1: Yeah, I think I think it was after I think it was actually in our last episode where we talked about the midfield performance against United and we said we basically had three midfielders that were all kind of doing the same things well. Yeah. but no one was really differentiated and and it and it caused us problems especially in in chance creation. And I mean, to your point, basically, it feels like our midfield is contributing so much to the offensive output now in these last few games compared to what they were doing at the beginning of the season where it was just get it to Mo (laughs) and and then let him kind of orchestrate things from there. Um, and, uh, now you just see, I mean, seeing Henderson in advanced position, seeing, seeing Keita getting up there and just all of the, all of the pieces kind of fitting together as well as, I mean, Fabinho now is reaching a point where he's one of the guys similar to verge or Allison where most games you could get to the end and not speak about him because he's just so good. At what he does, that he's he's not interesting to talk about. He's just he's (laughs) so good at what he does that he's just not even. It's not a discussion. It's like, yeah, he was brilliant. You know,
2: (laughs) won the ball back a ton.
1: Played the ball played the ball well. And yeah, yeah, that's just
2: not the Chelsea match. Kind of points to that because you know we're talking about Salah, we're talking about Hendo, like Fabinho, like we had. Over 60% 60 possession against the sorry Chelsea team. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) part of it was tactical, but part of it was also they just couldn't generate what they were trying to generate at any point, right? Even after we went went 2-0 up and they kind of got on the front foot, they had a couple chances and then it just died, right? Because we had Fabinho and credit, I think, to Genie coming in too – that's what Genie does so well is uh, – I can't remember who it was but posted stats related like to you know midfield controllers, right? Who spends the most time on the ball uh, in, in pro- progression in terms of passing and, and Genie's high in both. So those two, but I mean Fabinho is just – it's ridiculous, and it, it's what we've been crying out for. I think since the very first episode of the Two Red <laughs> Ringos. So long live, long live Fabinho in the six.
1: Yeah, the uh, I mean, long, far far away are the days where uh, Liverpool would announced their partnership with Dunkin' Donuts, and the replies all said, "Can they play DM?" Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's the. Uh, we yeah, have it we it, it has been quite the journey. Um, but yeah, we finally have I I mean it feels like we've we've found that midfield balance and it is it is with a midfield that I think a lot of people would have said at you know, like we did at the beginning of the season, just that on paper that seems like the best combination. Yeah. It was just I think it took between the three of them learning all of the roles and, and I mean it really it was a Decision on Klopp's part to to let Hendo loose and and keep him from playing his his defensive role that he's been taking up yeah. basically the last you know eight months.
2: I mean it's it's a hundred dollar a hundred million dollar midfield and now it's looking like it and we haven't really had that for the first time too and that I don't want to get into it too much but a, but a quick rant about <laughs> Trent. Should he play fullback? Should he be in, the, be in the midfield? Now it's a little bit of a different story, but why in Klopp's system and how, and as good as Trent has been, why would you want to take him out of, I mean, in terms of attack, our fullbacks have always been more important than our midfield, right? Yeah. Systematically, like the pressing system and what the midfield can generate there. Yes, like the importance, but in terms of individual like creation and chance creation, like Trent is in a role where he can absolutely thrive. So <laughs> yeah. that, that's just a quick rant on the. <laughs> I don't know why you would want to take Trent out of that role when you know people think, oh, it's a fullback, you know, what kind of impact can they have on the game? Aside from just the, the fullback in the modern game, the fullback within Klopp system, like that's something else we didn't really speak to is as as Robertson hasn't had maybe as big as the impact as we've come to expect, like Trent's been stepping up now and delivering, you know, as we always like to say, you know, just those are balls.
1: (laughs) Yeah, absolute, absolute balls. Um, The, I mean, in terms of the numbers, like you said, you know, not to, again, not to dive too deep into it, but when Robertson, Robertson has nine assists. Alexander Arnold has seven assists from fullback. You're not getting more. I mean, James Milner is the highest in terms of assists of from midfielders with four. So that yeah. is like in terms of our whole approach. And that's just in the league, just to be clear. Um, yeah. Robertson also has two assists and Trent has two assists both in the league. So 11 assists in all comps for for. Rabo and nine assists in all comps for, for Trent. Um
2: 20 from the fullbacks.
1: Yeah. all it's from ridiculous. Fullbacks. And and the um yeah, the assists from the assists from uh from our midfield are, are not nearly as high, and it's just because so often the link between our midfield and attack takes one more step. That's what like yeah. the the ball from midfield into the front three often gets passed one more time yeah. before it's a goal. So that's the that 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 ball from the fullback is a chance in and of itself. That yeah. that cross is going to be a chance, and and
2: exactly.
1: they've shown with the amount of uh, assists they provided that you need players out there that can do that. Trent, yep. I mean, he's in a role where he can thrive.
2: And even what Salah's goal today, like Trent's, just. I mean, there's threading the needle, and then, <laughs> and then there's that ridiculous ball. So he, like, why? Like, don't don't mix it up. Like, give us a world-class fullback. There's nothing wrong with that. We can go out <laughs> and spend fifty million on midfielders, right? So maybe he'll evolve into the uh, the, the the six kind of DM role. But no, I I, I love him there, and we finally got a a, a creative and attack-minded midfield that that doesn't hurt us defensively. We're all over the news.
1: Those mm-hmm. are balls. What? That's uh <laughs> in honor of Trent and rabo <laughs> just playing absolute balls. Um Barry Zuckercorn from Arrested Development. But anyways, uh the <laughs> Sadio Mane so we haven't we haven't we talked a little bit about it in the in the build-up I guess to this but against Chelsea he opens the scoring once again he's almost kind of in over the last couple of months he's more so been that guy that in the first few months of the season it was always Salah scoring that that first goal the the one that kind of spurred us on and and opened things up for us and in the last couple of months you know with more attention being paid to Salah and, and defensive playing him a little bit differently and all that more chances have opened up for Sadio and so often he's gotten that first goal against Chelsea it's off of a a Hendo cross and it I mean it's a simple finish in the end there's he really can't miss but the the form of Sadio I mean the, it's really not overstating it to say that Sadio's essentially kept us in the in the title race
2: uh, absolutely and you know we'll we'll keep going back to that what was your shout at the start of the year was it mané with 30 goals
1: i said i i said 30 goal involvements which i probably should have gone 30 goals but <laughs> oh. no i i said 30 goal involvements which with the amount of assists he has which is extremely low i think he has one <laughs> One league one, assist, <laughs>
2: one in the league, one in the Champions League, Yeah. which is absurd. <laughs> but I mean, I, it, I I think that's just been the way it's been falling with right. Salah getting the attention and creating too. But he, yeah, I mean, he could realistically get there, which was an absurd shout at the start of the year, given Mane's <laughs> like goal scoring form. Yeah, but. I mean, I don't—it's just—what did do Carragher call him? Like, the best winger Liverpool have had in in 30 years, right? And I think that's, yeah. you know, whether or not Mo Salah is a winger or not, is you know, maybe <laughs> for up debate. for debate for Carragher. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, he was that. I, I, I love that statement from Carragher. Maybe not necessarily the winger part, but just this, like, that, that first Klopp, that, that first big move from Klopp, which— I think we all kind of questioned it at the time, right? When 30, 35 million was, was a huge chunk to put down. Oh, for sure. But, he, I, I mean, before Sala arrived, Mane was carrying us, right? And then AFCON hit, and then, you know, we, our, our form dropped. But uh, you – I don't know. I don't, I don't want to go so far as to say he's underrated, but just it, it's hard to capture, I think, with everybody, with that front three. They're so good, and and they've been in such a good kind of goal scoring mood lately that we we undersell the fact that you know we we got that clip of Mo tracking back, <laughs> to, you know, <laughs> past few games and just tracking back fifty yards right. to to stop an attack. But you know that that's what Mane brings. Not even just every single game, but every single play. So. Right. The assist tally is is a little bit <laughs> a little bit confusing because his expected assists they're not even that high either. But right. um, <laughs> I, I mean, just seeing him score goals because he has such I, I don't know everybody. That's just this Liverpool squad, right? Such a genuine passion. Mm-hmm. They feed off the crowd, they feed off the fans, and 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 just seeing them in that mood and, and the happiness that they get. Um, you know, the only thing better than a Firmino celebration is uh the the Mane celebration that copies it too. So <laughs> the more chances we get to see it the better.
1: Yeah, it's uh and, and seeing Sadio too, um his his celebrations basically since Christmas have had almost a different intensity to them. Um, where he has always kind of been the score you know kind of jog away do a little jump fist pump in the air or whatever and just kind of like enjoy the moment but nothing too crazy anything like that and then christmas hit and all of a sudden like sadio (laughs) went into title race mode and every time he gets a goal especially one that like gives us the lead or something like that we're talking knee slide and then jump to the feet and just like Every muscle in his entire body is tense as he's like screaming into the, I'm like <laughs> the desire that Sadio has and and every player, I'm not questioning anybody's like desire to win the to win a trophy yeah. or anything like that, but the just the overt displays of of how much it means to Sadio to to try to win something this year and how every result he's just like fighting and scratching and clawing his way to to try to contribute um, to that. It's just, it's been amazing to see. and, And just, I think speaks to the larger kind of goings on around Liverpool nowadays that Klopp has, you know, this group so singularly focused on getting the results that they need to that, I mean, I think it just speaks to all of these results that we've seen of, you know, late goals and, and even the, like, even the ones that are, you know, completely spawny and, and totally like, (laughs) (laughs) you know, like, you know, Pickford and, and, uh, you know, Alderweireld's own goal, all that stuff. Like, I think it just shows, you know, Mane has kind of been the, almost the poster child for Liverpool's title challenge in that, it's not necessarily gonna be the guy that you think it's gonna be. Like sometimes it's gonna be Div in the ninety-sixth minute, but it's like everyone is going to contribute to the team, and that's and that's what I think he's almost like symbolic of of the larger kind of change in the organization since um since Klopp has kind of been able to refresh everything now in his in his whatever third full season.
2: Yeah, and we've I mean what we say that we say that so often about Firmino, too. Like, he's a Klopp player. Uh, I think Robertson embodies that as well. And this, this looks like his team, right? This looks like what we've been building towards. And the fact that we're in two semifinals <laughs> in a row is just unheard of from, from where we were, even when Klopp arrived. Right, even with the squad that he showed up with, and just as we might have questioned Mane, like maybe had doubts about Sala, even this notion of spending seventy-five million pounds on on a centre back was outrageous. But it, every, everything seems like it's falling into place as they as they would want to, and and I think what our our core our world class players from Mane to Salah to Van Dijk. Are all like twenty-seven mm-hmm. <laughs> at most in the in the youth squad that that he kind of has been building too It's just I mean it just it just feels special and it feels I don't know there's always been passion but now to have I don't almost that expectation we've never had that before right and all the years that that you and I have been watching Liverpool and have been doing this podcast. We've never really had the expectation, right? I think there are some doubts going into Chelsea, but even watching like shifting into Porto a little bit, like even as Porto is like crashing forward, rattling off shots, crossing in the box, I'm sitting back in my chair like, is this it? <laughs> like, <laughs> is this is this all you can muster? But and that's a that's a new feeling for us. I think a lot of a lot of other clubs get to kind of take winning and those expectations for granted, but we've been through some dips. <laughs> <And> so to, <laughs> so to get kind of these expected highs is, is pretty special.
1: The, yeah, as you, as you kind of, I mean, this is really works perfectly because as you shifted to, to Porto, it, it's a Liverpool performance today. I mean, they make it to a second consecutive Champions League semifinal, which still sounds weird coming out of coming out of my mouth, but the have you I mean, I don't know that I've ever seen a Liverpool performance where we've looked so kind of off it and just not really controlling the game and not really on top and and yet we <laughs> score four goals. <laughs> I mean creating creating very little especially in the first half. We we created a lot more obviously in the second. Yeah. But, but I don't have you ever seen a Liverpool performance where we were so kind of disjointed but still come away with a comprehensive victory?
2: No, I mean not not <laughs> because normally it's like 4-3. Right. Or it's like <laughs> 5-3 or 5-4 or, or something ridiculous like that. So right. in the end it was you know, we we handled we handled Porto, and I think the the way that the game's played out just definitely led into more chances for us. But no, it it, it was bizarre. I didn't get to see the first leg because you know we we work, but but right. even watching it today, that you know, as as they've got like the the aggression, like they're going for it, they're going all out. I don't I don't know if they created a single big chance throughout any of that, right? Like uh, even over both legs, you know, there might have been one opportunity but but nothing where you're just like you know, that was a close one. But but flip it and then that's what good teams can do, right? If you've got a 2-0 lead over two legs and nobody does <laughs> two legs, <laughs> knockout better than Glob.
1: Right. <laughs>
2: but if you've got that over two legs, that's exactly what you want to do. Like, everybody's freaking out, like, oh, they're getting so many chances. They're, they're attacking us. We had a perfect game plan. It's yeah. what, like, Mourinho's Madrid, like, just lived on for years, right? Sit back, absorb weak chances, and counterattack. And we ended up demolishing Porto with that with that game plan, but it's something we could never do before, because <laughs> we had Skirtle, we had Loverin, we, we love Sacco too. But you know, like the the defensive solidarity and organization that we have now from Verge and, and Robertson, Trent, Matip, Gomez, Allison, everybody pitching in, we we just haven't been able to do that before. So it, we've got the squad that's capable of it, but we also have the confidence to set out to do that and, you know, give give Mo, Firmino, uh, uh Mane, Mane, you know. I, I have my M's mixed up. But give them <laughs> give them those chances. And at the end it was, you know, pretty much a demolition.
1: The uh, the big point that that one of our one of our Hall of Famers made during during the game is Babu came out and said uh, after Liverpool's first goal with with Mane um, the amount of shots at that point that was literally Liverpool's first shot um, yeah was the goal <laughs> um, but he made the point you know it was in shots it was I think at that point in the game it was something ridiculous like. Porto had like 13 shots or, or, or something absurd. Um, yeah, it's like
2: 13 shots, four on target, yeah. I think.
1: Yeah. yeah, 13 <laughs> shots, one. four on target, and, and Liverpool one and one with a goal. Um, and, uh, and he said, you know, that might seem unfair, but then you look at the next stat, and it's big chances created. Porto zero, and Liverpool one. And that was essentially the a conundrum that we have faced for such a long time. I feel like as a, you know, Liverpool has been that team where we take 35 shots in a game and score zero (laughs) 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 and, and get hit on the counter. And that one big chance, you know, ruins everything. Um, And now it seems like we are kind of that savvy team that can play that way. Where, like you said, we'll, we'll let you shoot. We'll let, you know, we'll let Corona shoot from like a tight angle and, and try to try to score like a worldie or whatever. Like it, and if it goes in, then I mean, that's, it's bad luck, but overall, we're not really that threatened. And then the chances we create, like when we do get forward, we're going to, we're going to make you pay. And I mean, tonight it was, I think the first, I mean, the first two shots on target were both goals. And then, it would have been three if Mane if Mane had put away the uh, after he had rounded Casillas. That was only our third shot, I think. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. After that, we had quite a few um, late in the game. I think we ended with thirteen. So you can kind of see it was like a, a late barrage <laughs> in the uh, in the game. But now we are that team that that kind of creates the quality chances rather than just creating shots. Uh, for the sake of saying, hey, we had 35 shots, we should have done better.
2: Yeah, it's like playing against somebody on FIFA that just pulls up from 30 yards, and they're like, oh, I had 20 shots against you. And it's like, yeah, what? <laughs> that's why I love XG, right? That's why I love XG. Like, you can launch in crosses, have, you know, mishit headers, it, but but you're not generating anything, right? Like, otherwise, you just look at that and say, like, Oh, it should have been a lot closer. It, you know, from the Kaylee Graphics one, the, the the XG over two legs, five point seven to Liverpool, one yeah. point seven to Porto. So even earlier when even I said, you know, maybe it flattered us. Just looking at those chances, they're just like just huge chances that we're creating and still limiting theirs too. So yeah. um, I'm a little bit terrified. Of the next leg and everything that comes with it, but we did exactly what we set out to do against Porto, and I mean, I think we had like a higher XG than than all the other winning teams or, or just about every other winning team combined. Yeah,
1: we uh, we found ourselves with the opener um, from Mane on the on the right side of VAR. Uh, <laughs> the uh, when the flag went up, I I thought that. I thought the rule was that if it was flagged for offside, you couldn't review it, which is why they told everybody at the World Cup to keep the flag down. Yeah. Um, But in the end, I mean, they make the right decision. And and Mane, about as fractionally onside as you can possibly be, (laughs) um, which just reminded me of the... uh, It's a Futurama moment where he's like, you are technically correct, which is the best kind of correct. (laughs) (laughs) You are technically onside, which is the best kind of onside. (laughs) That was essentially what it came down to. I mean, he's he's a fraction on and and a good goal in the end.
2: No, yeah, I I was stunned because what just before that Porto had a chance where the dude is just miles offside and they kept the flag down. Yeah. And at the time I'm thinking <laughs> – and then he put it up after we've got it and it's like, all right, that – you know, <laughs> I can understand it. And then Mane's in real time. Like his – the only reason I was like questioning whether or not it might have been offsides was because – just because of his like body language, right? right. Maybe he saw the flag go up, but I was – just like how, how how do you put your flag up there right. and, and the other person doesn't, right? Granted, it's two different <laughs> lines, but – but no we it was it was a really good day for var,
1: yeah, it was uh there was a lot I mean I guess we could talk about the other incidents as we as we move past the uh move past the Porto game, but I mean the next goal you talked about it, that ball from Trent is just Ugh. disgusting it Ugh. was it was as soon as he made it, like we're yelling out loud. <laughs> At the dist- we well, I was actually able to watch this one. I snuck away. I snuck away and was able to watch this one at the district. And uh, yeah. And so yeah, we're literally like there. There are like cries of ecstasy coming from the El Paso Reds <laughs> <laughs> as that ball went through. Because I mean, when it comes through to Sala one on one, now this is where he, he surprised even me, and in the end, he surprised Iker Casillas as well. Cause I thought we were about to see the the chip. I thought we were gonna see a, just a a dink like Mo Salah has done to so many keepers in the past, including Allison in the in the Champions League semifinals <laughs> last year. One on one with Casillas, did you did you what did you think Mo was gonna do, and did you think he was gonna do what he did?
2: I I don't know. I was just kind of holding on because to me, I was like. This is kind of the moment for mo like is is he back like in the finish that he had, yeah, he could have gone for the chip but I feel like the chip would have been either like you're really feeling it or you're really desperate like that's when you're chipping yeah. right because it's it's a little bit abnormal so the just the fact that he just coolly slots it by him that to me is just like. That's what a goal scorer does, right? When you're feeling it, when you've got it down, that's the type of shot that you want to see. So, I mean, everybody loves a good chip, but right. I was really pleased to see just a cool finish from Salah because that that shows confidence and just natural finishing ability, which 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 he's lacked a little bit this season.
1: Yeah, I think it's just the uh, the trust almost where you you. You want him to back himself to score in that situation. Um, we've seen him in that situation so many times before, and last season he was completely automatic one on one with the keeper. It was, oh yeah, there was no question. Um, he the ball was going into the back of the net, and that was just the type of season that he had. And at the beginning of this season, um, he didn't get as many chances in these type of positions. And to see him come up against, you know, one of the all-time greats in, in Iker Casillas. Yeah. Obviously, he's not he's not what he once was, but, he, I mean, he is one of the best of all time. And to give him the eyes and finish at the near post, <laughs> that's just, to me, that's like, the one thing that Casillas definitely has is he's got the instincts still. You know, yeah. like, maybe he's not as fast as he once was. Maybe he doesn't have the kind of the range that he, that he used to have, but that, to to have him come off his line and for Salah to basically let telegraph to everyone like I'm about to dink this to the far post, and then get him to commit just enough so he can slide it in at the near. That was just I mean I don't know it it, it does for me kind of announce that that Mo is is back at his at his peak and I even <laughs> I said during the game um, that uh, you know Mo feeling himself right at the at the business end of the season uh like uh and i use the gif of creed from uh the office (laughs) (laughs) just really really good timing as he's covered in blood um yeah yeah, so the uh so that was it, it just really feels like mo like mo's hitting his stride right at the right time um and exactly when you'd want you know like i said earlier just Having your best player, which saw you know Simon, who we we've talked about, we will talk about, um, has championed him as you know he is our best player in an attacking sense. Um, yeah. And in terms of his output and cre- creativity, all that stuff, all of the stats back that. Um, and so for our best player to to be hitting that height of confidence right now, it's just really really good timing.
2: Yeah. And from, I mean, it also speaks to the quality that Trent won with that just ridiculous bull. You got to say it like, you got to say it's bull. You can't bull. just say ball. <laughs> but but also like, as we kind of talked about Hendo too, like things shifting and players stepping up. Uh, and I think Mo's really been a benefit of, you know, just the, the, the quality that's been flowing through that right side. Because um, I feel like earlier it was really leaning on on the left with um, with Robertson and others uh, going through, or, or, or Mo like having to create himself. So now he's got a little bit more support with you know the ridiculous Bulls coming <laughs> in. That's the last time I'll say it.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's uh, all right. Yeah, so I mean the. The quality we talked about the first Hendo cross, and obviously that that was great in that it sets up a goal of of consummate ease for for Sadio Mane. This one is from a lot further out, obviously. He looks up and uh you know, he's got two two players coming in at the far post, and this one just curls right onto the head of of Bobby Central. and we know, I think we know, I don't know that everybody knows kind of what a good header of the ball Bobby is, but as soon as that Hendo cross was on a plate, Bobby is only put in that one place, and that's the back of the net.
2: I don't know. Like, I, I felt bad for the Porto defense in that ball, but it was like, it, it just looks so easy Yeah, that Firmino just kind of points, Hendo puts it in, but to just... Drop it and just put it on a platter like that was was pretty special. And again, it speaks to this almost like a Hendo super sub <laughs> that we're seeing now. Like Genie can come on to help control the game. Yeah, Hendo can come on to help just batter somebody. Yeah, <laughs> right. Because he, I think he really benefits from games that are. Much more wide open, right? When he can just kind of fly around, um, but also get in dangerous positions to help create.
1: Yeah, we didn't even talk about the fact that 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 the Hendo resurrection against uh, against Southampton was from a Hendo Milner double substitution, where I'm like yelling <laughs> at my TV. What the fuck are you thinking? Like, we need goals, and then. That literally completely changed the whole game. Um, just a brilliant substitution in the end, and I mean, at the end of the day, we only we only know so much. Um, but yeah, Hendo has just been has just been so so brilliant in those moments, and being able to use him um, even when he doesn't start, um, him being able to make an impact like that is is going to be important, obviously, uh, as we head into the tail end of of this. League and Champions League campaign. Um, the nightcap, it's, or, you know, the, the icing on the cake, the cherry on top of, of this <laughs> trip to the semis verge with a, I, I'd almost say, Colo Touré-esque <laughs> header where he doesn't have to jump at all. He just... Uh,
2: <laughs> it's just there. He
1: just, it's gets, just there. He just directs it home.
2: What I love about that is that we had... How sweet is it when you know not just scoring four goals in in the Champions League quarters but having every single goal assisted too yeah and this this is just kind of putting the if I don't even want to say it but if like Liverpool go on to win the league like I think character complained about it all the time that he felt that he missed out on some awards and in like overall 11, the premier league, because he he didn't like, they didn't factor in the champions league or all that. But I think it always weighs a little bit like racking up these little goals and assists every now and then. I think he's got close to 10 goal contributions this year. Mm -hmm. Like that just kind of solidifies this one. He should, without a doubt be the player of the year. But these types of, you know, popping up with a goal every now and then, those are the things that can really help push it over the edge. So that's why I'm kind of happy to see it too, because I think Verge just loves scoring, as well, right? He's so good at defense that he's just got to bomb forward and say, like, I got to try something else because what I'm doing back there is too easy.
1: <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, and and you said you said ten gold contributions and it is actually it is nine um currently so he's got three goals and two assists in the league and two goals two assists in the champions league so yeah um just uh i mean we could you could dedicate an entire podcast to to virgil van (laughs) dyke um there, I'm not saying one episode. I'm saying an entire series. Like, oh yeah, just
2: just us analyzing Verge <laughs> after every game. Just
1: talking about Verge for an hour after every <laughs> game. Um, it is. He's he's an incredible player. He's played, He's also logged. I mean, this is just just glancing around the stats and everything. He's also played 3,025 minutes in the league, um, which is. Him and Allison are the are the two. Players that have played over three thousand minutes already in the league, and uh, you know neither of them break a sweat doing it. So that's, uh, <laughs> I guess, speaks to the the ability to carry on and just continue playing in every single match um, the way that they do and with the quality they do. But um, so it is another trip to the semis for Liverpool. I mean, rare, <laughs> like you said at the beginning, rare air. But this is. We are reaching a point where it's, it's starting to get almost a little ridiculous in the fact that we're competing for a league title and in the Champions League semifinal. I mean, those are the type of things that get said about clubs like, you know, Bayern and Juventus and, and like these giant kind of clubs that we haven't been in the same breath as for, for yeah. quite some time. And now it feels like we're finally getting back to that, to that same breath as, as the biggest clubs.
2: Yeah, again, (laughs) it seems surreal because just performances last year and this year, you're like, yeah, it's where we should be. But what even – like Barcelona haven't been – has it been like three years or so since they've been – or the last time that they got to a semifinal?
1: It's been a little bit. um... Something like that.
2: So, I mean, it's just – you know, it's so difficult to get there you can point to PSG and city spending hundreds of millions, close to a billion dollars pounds, even Mm -hmm. trying to get this champions league trophy. Um, but I, I don't know. It, it it takes that you have to, you know, walk the walk. You have to almost like, you have to have been there before. And I think Liverpool have a club as a club, have that pedigree, uh, Klopp, Klopp has ha, has been able to see that before, uh, and and again too. There's just this belief now from the players and in, in hitting form. I think it's just like we said. It's just kind of a special, it's a special time and something that you know we, we got to soak up every ounce of it because we <laughs> we've seen it, we've seen it before, <laughs> um, and we know. From from United, even heartbreak for for the cities, PSGs, Madrids. How quickly that can kind of dry up.
1: So, I mean, I moving away from Liverpool slightly now. Just the court. Quor- this quarterfinals of the Champions League seems like it deserves its own <laughs> its own little segment because, <laughs> I mean, with the exception, basically of uh, you know, Liverpool advancing, obviously important. Um, but not in not in dramatic fashion, certainly. But no. some of these ties, I mean, between uh, you know Ajax taking down Juventus and Spurs advancing in the manner that they did against City, is this? I mean, are these some of the best Champions League knockout stages, just in terms of sheer entertainment quality? I mean, is this some of the best that we've seen in recent years?
2: I think so. Even – I don't know if it was just because Liverpool (laughs) wasn't in it. But I was like, man, I'm loving the play in the Europa League. Um, But (laughs) granted, we weren't even in the Europa League during some of those years. Right. But uh, I think of it like this. Like the performances, just like just about everyone, right? Even like Barcelona United – where where they rolled over them? Um, Barcelona looked really good. Yeah. Uh, it, it, you know, kind of reminds you of those those Barca pep teams. But I saw a tweet. Somebody asked like, "Hey, where's the champion?" Or like, "Where's the final being played?" And somebody responded, "You know the the Champions League finals in Madrid, the Europa League finals in God knows wherever it is." <laughs> and I was like, "Why are you even bringing the Europa League up? Like, th- it's been so." Just, just awesome. And, you know, we, we might get to this on Twitter villains, but every single one of these you want to be able to turn into, which is a crime for, I, I can't speak to this because I only use illegal streams, <laughs> but, but am I correct in saying TNT is only showing one game, one Champions League match at a time? Yes. You're correct. <laughs> like, even, like, uh, again, too, I, I don't use legit streams. Like, even streaming it, is there no, like, I can pick whatever game I want and stream this right now?
1: Uh, you can for um, if you get Bleacher Report Live, which is a subscription service. And uh, that's the only way to get um, the alternate game. That they haven't decided to broadcast on TNT. (laughs) And it costs more than NBC Sports Gold.
2: God. Just and not only that, you have to listen to Stu Holden.
1: Yeah. Who is No one's paying money for that. Like that's Please, if any of our if anyone listening to this has purchased a Bleacher Report Live subscription, please just like let us know. Yeah. Why? Like, why would you subject yourself to that?
2: Cancel it immediately. Yeah. (laughs) Reach out to us. Like, I, I've got, I've got quality illegal streams ready to go. They're just a DM away.
1: We will hook you up. (laughs) Or better yet, if you watch, if you are watching in the United States, like, you likely get Una Visión that shows every other game like they show the other game that TNT is not showing <laughs> so like today we watched we watched Liverpool Porto on Univision like uh <laughs> because they had Spurs City on TNT um and uh yeah Which I would
2: prefer anyway
1: far preferable like yeah. getting the game on on, <laughs> on Univision is like all right good we don't have to watch that awkward ass Halftime show Oh my god, it's horrible. Like Brutal. it's so bad. Aside
2: from Sue Holden, the camera angles where it's always um who's there, who's the host that they Kate, have?
1: Kate Abdo.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Her, I I always get her and K Murray mixed up. Yeah. But they always have like sweeping camera angles just like flying through. <laughs> she has to like awkwardly like lean and, and and follow like the camera where it's going. And then you just if I hear more than five seconds of Stuart Holden's voice, I flip out. I I just can't take it. I can't take it. I I, I don't want to talk about it.
1: This anymore. is I, I'm gonna add, I'm gonna add on to the villains so we can talk about this a little more later because because Bleacher Report deserves it. Um, they they just uh, yeah the broadcasting's awful. Um, but, yeah, you can only get one match at a time in, you know, in English. Luckily, luckily, we're not uh, <laughs> we're not shackled to that. Um, so we're not
2: we're not full on gringos. Right. We, we like the Spanish things.
1: Yeah, I can I can at least, you know, follow what's going on. Um, but so first I'll, I'll first I'll ask about Ajax being in the semifinals. Like, is that? I don't know. As Liverpool, I almost feel like a little bit of solidarity with Ajax. Not because we, you know, obviously we spend a lot of money, but yeah. Just the idea that they bring through youth players, and so much of so much of their their club is centered around the kind of the local area, and and bringing through uh, the young guys. I mean, their captain is literally a nineteen year old.
2: He's <laughs> a teenager.
1: Yeah, 19-year-old uh you know Dutch defender from Amsterdam. That's just like the the ethos of that club is so is so Im- just admirable and for yeah. them to get rewarded with unbelievable performances en route to a Champions League semifinal. I mean, does it almost make you think like okay, m- like football isn't completely dead. <laughs> Like, the soul isn't completely gone from from the game.
2: Yeah, especially for the Champions League, too. To see... And they've earned it every step of the way, too. They have yeah. been battering and, not, and battering the teams you want them to batter, right? <laughs> like, Real Madrid, definitely. You know, the Juventus with, you know... I'm just going to call him a rapist with, with the rapist yeah. Ronaldo. Like these are the teams that you want them to sink. Like that. It, it's such a good story for them to, to play it the right way. Now I thought that you uh, with your, your, your lower league, like hipster squad behind you <laughs> might almost be anti ix just because like, if you're like, I don't know about a lower league Dutch fan, but (laughs) like somebody that's not an Ajax fan living in the Netherlands, do you not resent Ajax and say, like, oh, yeah, they're, you know, right now they're, uh, you know, punching above their weight in the Champions League, but they're also like just bringing in ridiculous amounts of money compared to (laughs) others (laughs) in the league, too. So I thought you might try to slip that in there, so you didn't. so, So I will. But no, it just, I don't know, it's a little bit... I don't want to say it's like Leicester winning the Premier League, but it's just always cool to see these types of runs, to see like PSG struggle, to see City struggle. And I don't know, it's kind of heartbreaking to see this Ajax team that you know is going to get dismantled. Yeah. But, you know, it's cool to kind of enjoy the ride as it happens. And, I mean... I don't see any reason why they don't get past Spurs.
1: That's I I genuinely think and make think, it to a final. I'm, not, and I this could easily come back to bite me, right? Like I'm not uh, I'm not completely delusional about the task facing Liverpool right now because it is it's Barcelona. They're a brilliant squad. We know from, from experience that you know between Suarez and Coutinho, that's a lot of quality. Um, and those are two, just two players of the absolutely world class squad they have. Not to mention the best player ever to play the game. <laughs> um, which did you get a chance to catch <laughs> the destruction of Phil Jones? It it didn't happen. It, it should have been a goal, but somehow David De Gea saved the ball with, his face. with his face. <laughs> But the, I mean, there, in the build-up to that chance, there is a, Phil Jones, it, like, is, it's almost like watching someone's soul be destroyed. (laughs) Like, not even the physical body, but their actual, you know, being is being, being like, vaporized. As he
2: turns side to side.
1: (laughs) I mean, He's running at he's running at Phil Jones and it is like it's one of the worst mis, mismatches that you ever want to see. Right? <laughs> like Phil Jones in the open field against Lionel Messi. That's just <laughs> that's you it it was um it's one of those moments where you just know exactly what's going to happen and the guy the victim can do nothing to stop it. That
2: no. it, <laughs> it was brutal and it. I am not gonna say it can only happen to Phil Jones, but in that manner, it can only happen to Phil Jones. Like Messi has destroyed many, many lives. Right. But just seeing someone like grasping and like clinging to life <laughs> as he just weaves back and forth through them was it just brought me a lot of joy.
1: Yeah. And it obviously it's it you know, it's fun for us to watch um to, to watch United go out. Um, this, what I wanted to bring up is, is just going back to Ajax briefly, or, well, the po- the overall point I was making is that Tottenham coming up against Ajax, to me, right now, in this moment for Ajax, I'd almost rather play Barcelona in the semi, in the East. Like, the way that they have played against Madrid and Juve, is, I think, should be absolutely frightening for Spurs, like you said. Like, there's no yeah. reason that this Ajax team can't get past Spurs, especially with Spurs. I mean, we talked about it at the bar today. Spurs are in a very precarious position because they, I, they literally cannot afford to miss out on the Champions League next season. The money, no. the yeah. money has to be there. And they're now in a position where the, I mean they're in pole position in the league in terms of finishing in the in the top four. It would take, you know some very bad things happening for them to to drop down. but it's it's not impossible. And so the idea of, of them getting past city and then if they don't win the Champions League, they you know, if they throw everything into their Champions League campaign now, lose, you know, kind of drift off in the league and then don't win, which is, I mean, even with just four teams left, they're still probably the outside. (laughs) Like maybe them and Ajax are almost on a level in terms of odds to win the whole thing. I mean, there's a very, (laughs) I don't think it's a huge possibility, but like there's a slight possibility that Tottenham, Biff it in both, and and miss out on the Champions League for next season. Like that's that is a very real possibility. Like I'm not saying it will happen. I'm not even saying it's likely, but it's something that could very. I mean, it's it's possible.
2: Well, listen, listen to Tottenham's like remaining Premier League matches. In their what they've got a three point cushion, yeah, right. All games being equal, they've got a three-point cushion. Yep. They've yep. got City. <laughs> so you can't right. – they've got City next. Yeah, they, they have to put everything into that, right? Mm-hmm. One, I don't think Tottenham would – or Pochettino would throw it in general like an Everton or United might. But they have to put – they might go into that thinking like we could easily – we can easily lose this match
0: mm-hmm.
2: and be level on points. Right. With 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 all the remaining games to play. They've got Brighton. Should be a win. Yep. Then they've got West Ham, who can get a result. They've got Bournemouth, but they're away. And they've got Everton as well. Hmm. Like any one of those could be tricky yeah. for them. Aside from maybe Brighton at home, which they should win. But that's a tough run in for them too. Yeah, and
1: and now toss the, in two games against Ajax in the middle. of Well,
2: especially the way the I think it's the second leg is positioned, which I think it's two two days after ours, and is as, as it's listed for Tottenham right now. It's only it's the very next day, right after that Bournemouth match. So whether or not, I don't know if the <laughs> there, Premier League would <laughs> adjust. Yeah. Um, but. I mean, they, uh, that's, that's helpful for us right. because they can, not they, I don't think they can afford a loss against city and especially a, a hit and goal differential as well.
1: Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's worth mentioning we brought up, we brought up Michael Cayley earlier. So he, he does the, the Lord's work in terms of putting together two legged XG, the two legged XG um, yeah. shot maps and, and stats. So, um, Looking at Ajax both against Madrid and against Juve um, across two legs against Madrid, it Ajax had the higher xG with 4.8 to 3.5. Um, yeah. So Madrid, obviously, I mean it's Madrid. They created, they still created a lot, but Ajax created more, um, and, and were you know rightly through on aggregate. And then uh, against Juventus, it was even better in. 3.3 uh, for Ajax and yeah. 1.4 allowed to Juventus and that is just that's you know with Ronaldo and I mean Dybala, like some of the some of the best you know biggest names in in world football and they allowed less than two expected goals which um, you know they conceded two goals across the two legs but according to the stats they were a little unlucky too so yeah. That is, uh, that is a stern test for for Tottenham <laughs> to try to to try to get past. I mean, especially with the amount of um, injuries and and all the kind of issues surrounding the depth of that Tottenham squad. This run in is is anything but simple for them.
2: Yeah, I, good for us because that race for the top four is so tight. That I mean, everybody everybody has to be putting it into. Not just the matches against City, but everybody else too. So, yeah, yeah I mean, t- <laughs> you might you probably thinking to yourself, like, oh, thank God we got Ajax. So he, but that's th- that's a tough draw. I mean, I'm yeah. I'm terrified of, you know, Van Dyke hasn't been dribbled past all season, and now he's got Messi uh, <laughs> 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 two games against Messi. But I mean, just the thought of a, a Coutinho, like 25 yard bomb or Suarez just running riot. Um, I don't know. They're two really cool matchups, especially like, I I think you could point to aside from city who still, uh, you know, I, I think you have to point to and say strongest team in the world, Yeah. <clears throat> but, but for a champions league semi matchup between Liverpool and Barcelona, I mean, that's just, that's, that's just a phenomenal matchup.
1: Yeah. That, so between, um, it is, it looks like it is the away leg for Liverpool first, um, in the camp new and then, and then at Anfield, uh, for the second leg. So, uh, in terms of, it's a little different cause we've mainly in these, in these knockout stage ties, we've mainly had the home leg first. Yeah. Um, so it's uh, it's slightly different, although this is what you know how we played Porto, I guess in the in the uh, round of sixteen last season was away and then home. But mm-hmm. um, Liverpool is the only team in the Champions League era <laughs> that has won a knockout stage game <laughs> in Barcelona, and they have done it twice. So history. Maybe a little bit on Liverpool's side, even though obviously I think we all know that it'll be a very stern test going yeah. to the, going to the Camp new in that first leg.
2: Yeah, and we really need Rafa. Just you know, with the match against Newcastle just a day or two before the second leg, <laughs> maybe Newcastle just doesn't show up. Yeah, right. Like maybe Rafa says, like we're throwing in the towel. We're gonna take we're gonna take this day off. <laughs> That's what we need him to do, basically.
1: Yeah, we we could benefit from a uh, a weakened Newcastle yeah. side. I think
2: the way the way Babel felt, like the look in his eyes before scoring that goal, like that is going to be Newcastle's tactical approach for ninety minutes. Yeah, is the way that he looked in that moment.
1: Yeah. Um, So it is, I mean, this is, like we said, the business end of the season. It is getting, it's getting, it's getting stressful, but we can't do anything as fans but enjoy the ride as we go. And um, so currently, (laughs) if all things are equal, City, if they win out, finish with 98 points in the league, Liverpool would finish with 97. So now we need the help from from elsewhere. And, I mean, do you think that this Spurs team can get anything after they've they've advanced against City in the Champions League? Do you think <laughs> there is any shot in hell of them getting a draw against City on Saturday?
2: I think so. I mean, it's, you know, they went toe-to-toe. City threw everything they had on, right? Like, Spurs might have been a little bit beneficial with their finishing, but... I, like Spurs are always going to Spurs but this <laughs> Pochettino squad especially with like the form that song has been in is, is a really great squad uh I, I think this is you would normally point to say like United away but yeah. I I don't trust the Manx at all <laughs> w- with that matchup like this is this might be the chance that we have, right? This is going to this this could dictate like who's like who's going to be able to control their fate the rest of the season, right? right. It's not going to decide the title, but it's really going to put, you know, I think both teams could easily just go unbeaten mm-hmm. the rest of the game, but if City slip up here, then I then I then I think it's a completely different dynamic, right? right. If they win, I think Liverpool and City just hammer it out both sides go just undefeated the rest of the season and we have a ridiculous like title race but if Tottenham can get something out of here I think it really changes the dynamic for how both the the confidence that both teams have right I think it puts more pressure on Liverpool while also giving them a little bit more confidence which I think can be dangerous but but no this is like I, I don't know if I'll wake up that early on Saturday, but <laughs> I don't know if I want to jinx it by watching, but that yeah. this is the probably the best shot that we have at city dropping points.
1: Speaking of uh, you know, United and Spurs kind of represent that that chance to get our destiny back in our own hands in terms of the title race, but United signing Solskjaer after being linked to Pochettino for all this time, is the best move, from a Liverpool fan's perspective, is the best move that United has ever made giving up the pursuit of Pochettino in favor of Solskjaer, who now has lost five of the last seven.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how... You know, we don't like talking United that much, Mm -mm. but I don't know how... like only an idiot. <laughs> Seriously, oh, you you have to be an idiot when there is so much available to you in terms of data and performances. Any, we can go literally, we can go on Twitter to a handful of accounts and know that United have been punching above their weight against inferior opposition. And they took that and they heard Rio Ferdinand say, like, oh, he's at the wheel. And they said, let's give him a contract. Yeah. Uh, why? Like, <laughs> why? Like, what? What? what's he got? Like, who's coming in to, to swoop him away from United? Like, maybe see how the rest of the year or the rest of the season plays out. I, I don't understand it. I made the tweet that, like... He's going to be the only interim to be given the full-time job but but lose the job before the interim's uh, – before it's up. I, I honestly believe that because I, I don't see them getting back into the top four, especially because I think that City match is going to weigh heavily. Because let, let's say Tottenham pick up, pick up a point or pick up three points, God willing, against City. <laughs> like that's going to be in United's mind. Like – if they get a result here, and, and I think it's so like pervasive, and probably within within our fan base as well, they I, again they can't afford to right. They're sitting. What are they still in six? Like perpetually six. in six. Like they <laughs> they can't afford to. I, I, I think they I think they throw it in. I, I don't think they get a result against City. I think it's a half ass performance, and they get exactly what they deserve, and they're in the Europa League next season. And <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I like everybody's like, oh you gotta back them, you gotta find them. like this United Squad is what the second most expensive of all time yeah. behind City?
1: Yeah. Like And not by a ton. Like it's not no, behind City by a lot.
2: No, like you've got like somebody like Fred was a forty, fifty million dollar midfielder yeah. as well. So but it's not just that; it's the wage structure
1: yeah. too. Alexis
2: Sanchez. You can't off you can't offload even the way like what they've done to Martial like, which is a travesty because that's a player. But yeah. he's on like 250k <laughs> a week. Like these players, like Phil <laughs> Jones might be on 200. Yeah. These these players aren't going anywhere, yeah. and <laughs> I, I, I'm loving it, but. <laughs> I don't see how you you put your confidence in somebody that just wasn't really who's getting results, but that's all it was. Right. So I don't know. Long live the, uh, the gift of, uh, only turning into, uh, to (laughs) to Moise. Yeah.
1: The, uh, I mean the remaining fixtures too, for United. So Everton are, I would say like the way, the way that Everton are playing now, they are not a good team. Um, I don't know what's happened. They lost (laughs) two nil to Fulham. So there's just like, (laughs) there's, there's something wrong, um, going on at Everton, but they have Everton city, Chelsea, and then Huddersfield and Cardiff to, to close out. But I, I can't look at any of those fixtures for United and, and confidently say that any of the first three are winnable. Like they could easily beat Everton because they're just a shambles right now. But yeah. but they could just as easily draw or lose that match um, the way that they've been going. And then I don't. Yeah, like you said, the only benefit, the only thing that might allow United to get a win against City is just the amount of the amount of games that City's played. Yeah, like maybe Otamendi, you know. <laughs> commits like some stupid foul or something like that. That's a that's the hope. But I mean, even Chelsea, like Chelsea for as good as Liverpool played against them, they they are still a good team. That's a that's like what's so shocking I guess about Chelsea still being kind of caught in this mire of a of a a race for top 4 cuz they're such a talented squad. They just can't put it together for 90 minutes. Yeah. Um so yeah, I United, where they're at now, it's just, it's, I just cannot, I, I can't fathom the decision-making that went around. There was no pressure on them to hire. Like, maybe there was pressure <laughs> from fans, but, I mean, there's always pressure from fans about all kinds of stuff that you don't do. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like, that's a You don't, like, take that under advisement just for no reason. So for them to go out and, and commit to a manager when they could have, easily taken him out to the uh, the offseason and then made him part of the of the hiring process like yeah. he gets an interview he's part of, he's one of the candidates um, but I mean there's so many class managers out there that they could get and especially when it's going to shape your recruitment and all that stuff like who the hell is Ali Gunnar Sol- I, Solskjaer going to call no like, former the United guy-
2: players <laughs> maybe
1: like he, well, that's what I'm saying. Like he's the guy who's asking, yeah. who's asking, uh, you know, Sanchez to call somebody on his behalf. <laughs> it's
2: it's the Brendan, approach.
1: the Brendan effect, yeah. Um,
2: and I was just watching Pogba with United versus Barcelona. Just like that look on his eye. Like, can I just switch teams right now? Like, can I just join this midfield and be a part of Barcelona? Like, it, he had that desire on his face. So,
1: I mean, he was trying. Yeah. To, he was trying his best to get sent off. That, <laughs> <laughs> he committed three yellow card fouls in one uh, in one tackle.
2: <laughs> I don't think he was ever carded that match. He, Oh, no, did he pick one up? In the, I think there was like one super cynical one. Yes, towards the end where he got one. Yeah but literally probably about rattle off about six yellow card offenses (laughs) before he finally got carded. Yeah.
1: He's asking the ref, like, come on, that's a, that's a yellow, (laughs) like for sure. Um, I got to get the hell out of here. You know, that's a, (laughs) 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 um, no, it is. uh, Yeah. Uh, But like you said, long may it continue. It's, it, it is really reminiscent of where Liverpool was for, for a little bit when, you know, Stuart Downing's on like 150 K a week and Jesus. Andy Carroll, you know, all, all of those type of players are just, they're making stupid money. And, and that was one of the big things that FSG, when they came in, like they, they cleaned out the, the wage, the wage budget mm-hmm. um, and structured, you know, structured contracts differently and all, and all that stuff. Um, and now, when you join you're not getting you're not getting top top bill wages uh right yeah. when you join um but after you prove yourself like you know any of the front 3 can attest on their 5 year deals where they're making like 250 or like 300k a week like they're <laughs> they're doing just fine but they had to they had to earn it you know and that's yeah. the the key is prove your worth before we start paying you stupid money. Um, And, uh, and United is kind of caught in this upside down wage structure right now. And I think it'll take, it'll take a long time before it, before it's actually put right. If the ownership is committed to, to putting it right, which they've kind of shown that they're not. So that's the, (laughs) that's the problem for United right now. But as we, as we move to our, our final our final segment, Heroes and Villains. This is like highly anticipated just because I, I always love digging into the <laughs> the social media side of, of things and just how people can just be awful um, when it comes to social media and and I guess how people haven't still haven't somehow learned to exist in this in this world where when things get recorded and posted there are consequences. Um and that that leads me to our first we had an an actual villain during this kind of time period and that were that was the Chelsea fans who referred to Mo Salah as a bomber. Um just taking the taking this the, the classic Chelsea route of, of being you know overt racist
2: I mean nothing shocking nothing shocking there from chelsea fans but i think that (laughs) added to the sala strike in the in the chelsea matchup as well but i was also a little bit upset with people that would say like oh like sala with the rocket sala with the bomb
0: Mm.
2: not just like the br accounts and like those bullshit ones but even like normal liverpool fans and it's like Right, Uh, we kind of see what you're doing there. Yeah, Um, but there's a difference between thinly veiled bullshit racism um, and just what Chelsea fans have been known for, which is just full-on bigotry uh, and in your face. Like we're going to record this (laughs) and then share it with the rest of the world. Like Trump level of racism (laughs) is what Chelsea brings to the table.
1: Of we're just going to be in your face and and. Just flaunt it. I'm glad that action's been taken, um, I guess. Uh, but apparently most apparently most of the guys singing were already banned from Stanford Bridge, so that's uh, just kind of speaks to shocked what shocked <laughs> the quality of of, of the fan um, there in in the posher areas of London. It it's just so frustrating because it is something that should be gone right like it's something that just should it we shouldn't still be having these fights like we talk about it in american politics and and it's it's frustrating to see it in surrounding you know a game that we enjoy as well because it's just it feels like this is a problem that that we already know the correct answer like everybody knows what's right. And there are still people who, who are fighting this just upstream kind of uphill battle for no reason uh, yeah. against kind of the progress of the rest of the world.
2: Yeah, because it, it it's not like living in a better part of London. Like, those aren't the people turning up to Chelsea matches, right? I'm not still quite sure who's turning up to the Chelsea matches because they're still just a couple years older than Manchester City but they also breed like just the worst twitter following too yeah. and so it's just i mean say what you will about city fans they're just kind of non-existent right <laughs> but chelsea fans like both online and in person are the worst right it, and, and and yeah like we we're, we don't have to spend time talking about like we shouldn't see racism in the modern game, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you would think that goes without saying, but no, they just, I don't know. It's just a shit club. And there's so many instances where they are constantly doing this, that it just points to just a rotten culture, Yeah, which is what they are. Like when you have your captain celebrated, who's a shit human being, that's it. That's yeah. Chelsea FC.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you reap what you sow in the end, and that yeah. and that's that's Chelsea. So, moving beyond the the actual villains into the into the more light hearted villains, you spotted this one from uh, a resident of of Greenwich, Connecticut, um, and that is. I say that as like my my wife is from Westchester County, New York, which is in that area, and and Greenwich. Carries with it a little bit of a, a little bit of a reputation, I'll say, <laughs> for being like
2: a Chelsea reputation.
1: Um, well, I can't speak <laughs> to that necessarily, um, but I can, I can say that when you step out of the Greenwich, Connecticut train station, the first thing that you see is a Lacoste uh, <laughs> store and a. <laughs> I think well, it's some kind of like high end car dealership as well, like Jaguar. I think. Okay. Um, so that's just the type of community that, that Greenwich. Yes.
2: Yeah. yeah. Two brands where you're really throwing your money away. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Lacoste ill fitting polos for eighty bucks a pop, <laughs> not doing you any favors. Jaguar, you're going to be taking that to the shop like multiple times a year. <laughs> so okay, that that helps me paint a picture as somebody who's never been to Greenwich. Um, Uh, Yeah, I I also like that is is all of the – I know uh, uh, Stan, who we tried to get on the podcast, always kind of uh, uh, has an axe to grind against some of the other East Coasters. Um, (laughs) uh, Another LFC fan who's been making waves on Twitter – what's her name? Merck? Merck. Merck, yeah. um, uh, Recently confused for an East Coaster. So I'm glad (laughs) we've got this like – this kind of East coast bias that's forming within certain circles of LFC Twitter. Um, so again, I, I like you mention that, you know, we don't know whether or not this person is a real villain. I would venture to say that they are probably not. They're probably the normal average Liverpool fan that shows up at the bar and has some talking points that are probably about five years too old, right? <laughs> things that we know about Henderson, things that we know about Lovren. Uh, they probably don't rate Hendo, and they probably do rate Lovren, um, or maybe they, you know, they think Simon Mignolet should have gotten uh, more minutes. Is just something shit like that. But anyway, what I saw going around, a few accounts that post like, oh, this this is something I can post. It's going to get some. It's going to get some traction. Right. Um, and this one specifically was apparently right. Liverpool fans were saying, oh, I'm going to watch the. The the city Spurs matchup instead, um, and my first thought is, all right, like modern era, I can have one phone, like on my phone, I can watch one match on my tablet, anything like that. Yeah. But no true Liverpool fan is going to watch the the city Spurs matchup, so I click on one of these that says, you know, imagine watching the city game instead of ours. Couldn't give a shit, blah blah blah. Yeah, and I'm thinking, all right. Nobody's actually saying this. There are no Liverpool fans saying this. The very first response from—I and don't want to put them out there—at Eric Nova two one two four says, and right away it sounded like, "Hey, it's that dude that shows up at the bar. Hey, man, I'm, you know, I'm visiting for work. I think I probably have this conversation a lot. <laughs> just it was shit takes again, and, and this was <laughs> a, a, just a heaping pile." So Eric says, big pool fan, not sure how I feel about that. Yeah. But big pool, big pool fan, pool. but totally disagree with you here. Our game was in hand from the whistle. No big pool fan thinks a 2-0 lead going in the second leg is in hand from the whistle. No. <laughs> even when when we scored the first. But he says that City Spurs game was incredible from the start. And towards the end, uh, you know, I'm dying a little bit inside thinking <laughs> he's getting that much enjoyment out of a City Spurs match. But okay, <laughs> and then he finishes it with perfect result for us going into the weekend. I m o. Well, how is that the perfect result? That's going into this one for us doesn't really matter, right? In terms like, of the way we play, we're playing but Cardiff for City. But for City against Spurs, like you are now facing the team that just knocked you out, yeah. the team that we are going head to head against in a title race, and they, as as we were talking about earlier, they are just going to be out for blood. Yeah, like looking, and maybe that plays into Spurs' favor, but everything that Eric spouted within one tweet <laughs> was just reminded me of the bro that shows up at the bar. Shit takes just spewing for 90 minutes. Leaves, you probably never see them again. Uh, kind of like that dude from the UK that lived in Houston that moved to Chicago that was pissed off at A.J. Hudson's because they were over capacity and they wouldn't let him in. Uh, they weren't a proper bar. So that's who this human being reminded me of. And this was my Twitter villain. Not a real villain. Right. But my Twitter villain. Yeah.
1: Just a, and there is a distinction. Pool fan is really, is really hitting me in in an yeah, in uh, incorrect way. <laughs> um, but beyond that, uh, so I mean the way that the way that we watch the games down at down at District here in El Paso, it's pretty legit because they've got two overhead projectors side by side, and so the two games were on one wall right next to each other. Yeah. So it was very easy to to be what you know kind of keeping keeping an eye on one while actually watching the other. Um, and that was, you know, we're obviously focused on on Liverpool Porto because, like you said, any true pool fan would know obviously. that a two nothing <laughs> a two nothing lead is not safe. I, I mean, a five nothing lead is not necessarily safe in yeah. uh, there there's a lot a lot of history uh, with, with leads like that, but it was, you know, we had our eye on that game, obviously, and it is, it, it was a crazy game, but in terms of, in terms of the outcome being the perfect result, like, I, I'm very deep in (laughs) In what was a catching up with and now caught up with Game of Thrones. So I'm very like, <laughs> I'm very into that mindset in terms of my analogies. But I mean, for anyone listening who enjoys the show, that the duel between Oberyn Martell and the mountain where Oberyn stabs him multiple times with the spear and this, <laughs> this like dominant warrior is down on the ground and he he's won. He has, like, he's done exactly <laughs> what he needs to, but he just keeps, he keeps taunting and he keeps, like, trying to get him to confess to his crimes, and that to me was City, right? Like, City is down on the ground, stabbed, bleeding, they're poisoned, <laughs> all of this stuff, and Tottenham is standing over him, like, taunting him, just like, yes, we knocked you out of the Champions League, all this stuff. I'm really worried that this weekend's game is literally going to be City exploding Tottenham's <laughs> head. <laughs> like, squeezing the head till it explodes. Like, that is... This could... I mean, we're talking about... It could be a revenge, like, reaching the 6-7 goal <laughs> type levels. We saw a 4-3 game tonight with just... I mean, and they're supposed to be, you know two of the best teams in Europe playing, playing for a chance in the semifinals. And, and yet they play defense like that and, and just play as, as wild as that was. I just think, I think this game is going to be, is going to be problematic uh, for Tottenham. And it's, and it's definitely not the right result (laughs) given what we could have had, which was a city looking ahead to a a semifinal.
2: A bloodbath, a bloodbath. (laughs) So it's good. that's a perfect analogy. Timely Game of Thrones analogy, but yeah, they're just going to squeeze their thumbs into their skull and just explode.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, the last villain is, uh, and this this is like kind of a just overall villain um, in the football world, and that is that is the media outlet uh, AS,
2: uh, oh
1: from Spain, and I almost so I I use. I use a uh, a score app called uh Mob or Fot, Fotmob, Mob, however it's pronounced, mm-hmm. um, because they have USL on there, so second division US. I can get my score alerts and stuff. Um, <laughs> the other apps don't have it, so that's why that's why I use it. But um, I use it for Liverpool as well, and um, I'm gonna I, I've turned off these notifications since, uh, but there's. <laughs> They started sending notifications for news. And I get a notification today from Fatma about Salah asks to leave Liverpool after showdown with Klopp. <laughs> and I get the notification and it's so jarring to see those words kind of strung out that yeah. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to see what this says and what the source is, because that's what I wanted to know. Because, you know, it's, I know it's not the app that's generated this news. I want to see who's <laughs> spewing this absolute nonsense. And I click on it, and as soon as it was AS as the source, I <laughs> burst out laughing. Because throughout the article, it says, like, Real Madrid handed a boost after Salah, you know, is unhappy with his uh, role at Liverpool and like how the fans treated him during his nine goal like <laughs> uh, or nine game goal drought, and uh, and just like Klopp has treated him poorly, all this stuff, and like Real Madrid will expect to sign a marquee signing uh, over the summer, <laughs> but then the last paragraph i mean we're talking about as as is literally i mean them and marca are the two are two outlets that are legit like propaganda arms of oh, real yeah. madrid um, <laughs> so the last paragraph was classic because it was like although madrid could likely sign a star like sala liverpool will likely look to improve on the 34 million they spent on Sala to get him from Roma in the first place likely <laughs> likely above 34 million like <laughs> multiply that by 10 and you still wouldn't be at the the number that I'd yeah. be satisfied with for Salah. like I'm talking astronomical numbers <laughs> stupid numbers like 500 million would not, wouldn't, wouldn't, still wouldn't be enough in terms yeah, of his like actual... the type
2: of release clauses they put in to Madrid contracts, right? Right, like <laughs> six hundred million pounds for Benzema or something yeah. like that.
1: So, for the Sala, the Sala rumor mongering, as is, is my is my uh, internet villain of the week, um, just sp- spreading villain. absolute non- nonsense to try to unsettle Salah, who uh, I think is doing just fine.
2: A worthy addition. A worthy addition.
1: And uh, as we transition to the heroes, I had to include the agent of Mo Salah, just in that same vein, because uh, one of the guys who's who's been interacting with Two Ray Gringos for a while now, at Majdu, Majdu's, um, I don't know if you've seen that account at all come across the timeline but he's he's really great like just uh just one of those like solid reds accounts always always in with a good take um but after i kind of after i retweeted the uh (laughs) what you said about the goal because it was goal.com that propagated it uh the solid rumors on your yeah on your end um so they kind of come in for the villains as well uh (laughs) The agent of Mosala, Rami Abbas Issa, uh, tweeted, talking out of their ass again, I see, capitalizing, <laughs> capitalizing AS, uh, talking out of their ass again, I see. So, hero for <laughs> one of my hero nominations for this week is the agent of Mosala for just immediately shooting down the bullshit rumors.
2: Very, very good. Uh, I think we'll close on our Hall of Famer, but one other I wanted to add, because I'm not sure about how how LFC Twitter feels about these accounts. I've noticed some otherwhere or, or or on other clubs, but LFC out of context.
1: Okay. Yeah.
2: I get just pure enjoyment. <laughs> out of seeing I, I, I don't know I, I don't know if it's just like a generic banter account, but I just enjoy like just about every post that they have. <laughs> so I, I wanted to put that out there. like maybe it's a guilty pleasure, but I'm throwing them out there as a uh, maybe a surprise uh, hero. <laughs> of the episode of
1: before course. before we talk about our our final hero because he he is the real the real mvp um there is one more that i wanted to bring up um and that is the account the twitter account at sxlang underscore so sexlang. <laughs> <laughs> i i guess i don't know uh sx we'll say um so in <laughs> post the Chelsea match uh it, there was a tweet that came out with with a video attached the caption of the video was when fabinho <laughs> sees hazard's name on the on the Chelsea team sheet and it was accompanied by this video which I will play the audio for you now because <laughs> this is perfection in terms of in terms of the memes of uh of LFC Twitter
0: Uh, definitely concerns me a little bit you know what I mean but you know I I packed that thing too so you come around this way you will get caught
1: (laughs) so (laughs) that (laughs) that video (laughs) accompanied by the caption Fabinho when he saw Hazard's name in the Chelsea lineup is you know it does concern me a little bit but uh you know, unpack that thing you, too. You will that's it. Just the the accuracy for how Fabinho is in that midfield too, because he does pack that midfield. Like as <laughs> weird as that is to say, <laughs> the terminology is correct because he he actually does close down so much space that he does he does kind of like pack the midfield.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think Hazard still had something like eight or nine dribbles that match. But I think that's, like, it's average, so...
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's just normal for him. Um, And the the last man, I mean, he he needs no introduction, but um, now that he's CNN's, like, chief football correspondent, um, has Simon Brundish outgrown the Two Red Gringos Hall of
2: Fame? (sighs) I'm not going to say he's outgrown the Two Red Gringos Hall of Fame, because, you know, that just exists in our head. But... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> in terms of maybe like outgrowing the two red gringos, he's always been too big for the two red gringos, but no, like credit to him. It's, it, it's so cool to see a stats guy, like just come off so well on camera too. I think he joked about the camera adding 10 pounds, but, uh, no, uh, it, it just, just really cool to see him like, not just in the spotlight, but like on a global stage, uh, because it's not just Twitter, but especially in the U.S., what we're used to are just a lot of bad takes and a lot of just people that aren't familiar with the sport and have, a, and have trouble describing it in a natural and an authentic way, but also one that resonates with, with a fan base that, that might not be steeped in the history that other countries are so uh, i mean he's just a perfect fit so con- congrats aside the uh maybe moving up the ranks of the the two red ringos hall of fame um but that might be a little premature
1: yeah he's uh he's getting getting like mainstream recognition and being asked to comment on you know Messi and and all of those things for uh for cnn proper so that's <laughs> it's a uh, it is just kind of a new level for for a stats guy um, in soccer because most of the punditry is all you know former players that uh, that have kind of the name recognition. So to see a guy like that who has just done the the hard work and is on the sports science side and the and the stats side that is just encouraging. I think for the rest of us who. <laughs> You know, you don't carry a, a pedigree in terms of professional soccer, but uh, just being able to to analyze a game and think logically about how things are happening and and analyze the stats and see how how those things affect games. Um, I think it's yeah. kind of crazy to see him get get mainstream recognition just because it is so different from what uh, from what. Often gets mainstream recognition, which is you played the sport before.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, he brings so much sense to LFC Twitter. So on on a global scale, like the pointless debate of like Messi, Ronaldo. I remember that specific clip. And he posts these stats all the time, right? Like, it, like Messi is just it, you can't compare anybody else playing the game now, <laughs> and few that came before him. So to, to hear him talk about that and, and to provide that clarity on a, on a global scale, uh, again, is, is well-deserved for Sign.
1: Yeah, the, uh, the Hall of Fame is uh, clearly paid off. Um, obviously, CNN recognized something uh, from listening to this podcast so uh and given given in, <laughs> give inside the uh the the step up that he needed so you're you're welcome uh simon for for giving you that needed boost uh <laughs> no it's uh it, it is great to see and it's just been it's just been awesome it, the feeling around the club right now and, and around all of the people who are talking about the club or, or following the club and is just so positive and it's based on where we were when <laughs> when all this got started, it is, uh, it is such a nice place to be in. Cause we are, we are flying high right now compared to, uh, you know, the three, the three, one losses away at West Ham and all of that, <laughs> all of that type of, type of nonsense.
2: Good others. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it, I guess to kind of cap it off, we talked about like expectations for matches, but I mean, just the level of, of, of competition, Barcelona directly in the Champions League, you know, not facing City, but just going toe-to-toe to to City in the league, like, I I, I don't know, it's almost like I've got no expectations, right? Like, we could end this year with not a single trophy, and, I mean, it's just, it's an incredible mark of progress for the club, but... You know we've got hope that you know we've got these opportunities that that we can take advantage of too. So it's just this—it's not even not jinxing it. Just this cool feeling to to just kind of be happy and be excited about the direction the club is going, and, and to have these opportunities uh, that that so few teams in the world have.
1: Yeah, there's there is so much opportunity around around Liverpool right now. I mean, the opportunity that sits before us is a potentially 97 point season in the league and a, uh, and we're into the champions league semifinals and, and get a chance to play Barcelona. Um, so all good things happening around Liverpool right now. If you guys have enjoyed this episode, um, and have listened to this point, you're an absolute legend. Um, and, uh, (laughs) and if this is your, you know, if you're not already, um, subscribed. We are on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, um, all the big podcasting services, and now that we're back in the groove of recording, we should be uh, slightly more regular as we as we are in the run-in uh, <laughs> in both the league and, and Champions League, so there's all kinds of stuff going on. Um, just keep an eye out for, uh, for new episodes, and uh, yeah, I mean, this has been an absolute pleasure to be able to, to follow along with this season so far and hopefully you guys have enjoyed um, for both of us here at the Two Red Gringos Adios
2: Adios
0: Rubber on that Italian leather Them convict jeans on You ready? Yeah, sure. yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. I get it until the sunrise 90 and a 65 Windows roll down screaming now Number one hustler getting money Why you wanna count my money? I'm a hustler no don't need man one of y'all you see I see police on that crooked eye Doing a hundred and the state magnified My shorty leaning, blasting, that do a die Wishing that I'm what I saw, I wound as we certify. Got a system that'll beat and knock your wall off Got a pump under my seat to saw off Got a bunch of goons, hope to never call off I'm a sniper sitting on the roof, already saw, y'all Ain't too much, I put a strain on me
1: the Is the one who talks as casually about, like, guns and killing people as Akon?
2: very sly about it because yeah. he's not fully committed to it but he <laughs> just wants people to know he's got shooters on the roof yeah
1: <laughs> I totally forgot about the song also I just when you said Akon I was like yeah that's probably that's probably about where we need to be in terms of in terms of closing songs but I didn't want to go with you know I
2: mean really anything from the Freedom album you can close out with
1: right you know, it's always, always welcome. <laughs> Plus, I mean, Jeezy. So,
2: do you? Oh, oh no, it's um, uh, it's Weezy's verse that I think has been added after the fact.
1: Oh, on this song? Yeah. Yeah, he's also he is also featured, but you're saying it wasn't it wasn't part of the original song?
2: I feel like I've heard. I've heard the original where his verse was not in it at the end, but also at the start where Jeezy does his, Choo, and then Wheezy comes in with, yeah. like <laughs> that was also not in it <laughs> as well.
1: Yeah. that's uh, Cause I mean, Akon and young Jeezy trying to take it easy.
2: Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I don't know if people underestimate truly how much I listen to Akon. Like, <laughs> it's not a joke. It's not a joke. Like, I am. Who's the dude that like? I didn't take it as about, a joke. Let's like, Mane being the best player in the world. Like, doesn't do if Aunt's butts or maybe's. Like, right. If
1: right. <laughs>
2: your aunt was your if your aunt had all, she'd be your uncle, but she doesn't. Like, I'm just talking facts. Like, the Freedom album is the greatest musical compilation of all time. Wow. Alright, that's a little bit of an exaggeration. That is but strong, but, like, I mean... I listened, I have probably spent, I don't know, two weeks of my life <laughs> listening to that album. <laughs> I wonder if Spotify has the stats to back that up.
1: So you're saying that this verse is not in the original. <sighs>
2: I'm saying there's a version that does not include that verse. Hmm. And I only caught it because I didn't hear his game at the start.
1: <laughs> I uh So earlier you asked where the uh or you said wherever the tw- wherever the Europa League final is going to be at. Yeah. Baku, Azerbaijan.
2: Yeah, yeah. That. And some people, I'm like, dude. <laughs> why, why are you taking all that time?
1: So, like, uh, so fun fact. Uh, Baku, when it's written in uh, Azeri, the the Azerbaijani language, it looks like Baki. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, like, their letter for for U is like an eye looking uh, letter, and so. So, they have a couple of uh, like clubs that play in Baku. So, um, like years ago now, uh, someone sent me the crest of Inter Baku, which looks like <laughs> Inter. It literally on their crest literally says like Inter Baki. Um, That's pretty cool. So yeah, that was a that was a, a Twitter profile pic for for a few weeks because for gonna, a hot minute. Yeah, but. Uh, but yeah, so Baku, Azerbaijan, for the Europa League final. Okay. Just thoughts and prayers with anyone who has to travel out there to see their, <laughs> see their team. I mean, we've but, been there. Um, yeah.
2: So I had a, a number of of really choice ads come up. You know, as I ca- as I keep like schedules or uh, performance ratings up in the background. Yeah. I had who scored going on in the background on the liverpool page Uh and at one point i'm like man this is just a lot of dudes in like bikini bottoms like as an ad like this has been going on for like an extended period of time cycling through different images of just like buff bros with other buff bros (laughs) just rocking like banana hammocks (laughs) And so eventually, I scrolled down a little bit, and it was actually for about ten, probably ten minutes solid, just an ad for a gay cruise. And I'm wondering, like, what you know? Obviously, the <laughs> Seinfeld line—not that there's anything wrong with that, right? Like, like right now, there's this new chic hand-stitching shoes. Like, maybe you want to be going a gay cruise. That's cool. Maybe you want hand-stitch shoes. That's also cool. Neither of those things are really my cup of tea, so I'm not sure like what <laughs> what I'm saying or what what who scored is picking up on to send me this. Um, but then it followed it, up, it followed it up with a, a, a local Mexico McDonald's ad. Nice. So, and right now I got Domino's too. Oh,
1: so, awesome! I've got yeah. a. I've got free weight loss seminars. Okay. And progressive auto insurance.
2: So Alright. Alright. I'm gonna try to refresh the page, see kinda, what I get
1: now. All over the place. Oh, and Best Buy, but I mean that's that feels pretty pretty normal. That's another one.
2: Oh now I got the uh the Magnum bars. Oh the nice. ice cream, not oh. not the condoms.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah oh dude those are those are legit a uh, big fan of the ice cream
2: <laughs> yeah they're almost too good like I, I don't trust them
1: okay don't trust they're
2: them. kind of they're kind of like these the bohemia Pilsners too good like up. yeah they're they're too good something something's not right here
1: something's up. I don't know.
2: I mean, I think that's about all I got. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure featured in these Magnamads. ads. I have to go to IMDb to confirm this, but the chick who's in what, how to get away with murder. Okay. Who I think is Mexican.
1: Yes. Uh, gosh. What? I can't, I can't even think of her name right now. Um, Laurel, I believe, is her name on the show.
2: Oh, you went, you went into the show to pick out the name. That, I think that's Oh, I don't right
1: know though. her actual name. Yeah, that's. A, I don't know the actress's name.
2: No, I think this is her featured in the Mexico-based Magnum ads. Again, the ice cream scene or the ice cream <laughs> bar, not the. I think yes, it is important. Carla Souza, Laurel true. Castillo. Yeah, because yeah, I was looking at, her, I was like, "Why is her last name Castillo in the in the show?" Right. Yeah. See you down in Mexico. There you go. Nice. All right. So I I didn't expect to go down the uh, the rabbit hole of gay cruises and uh, how to get away with murder, but you know, it's <laughs> where it takes us.
1: This is I mean, this is two red gringos. Anyone who's made it to this point past the music. <laughs> Is they're they're committed. Like anyone who didn't stop during the Akon, well, I mean they could just be big Akon fans or young Jeezy, hopefully. But
2: why, hopefully, young Jeezy?
1: I just mean that I think he's a little I careful. Think, I think he's underappreciated. Oh, okay,
2: okay. Uh, you, you kind of get what you get with Jeezy. He's appropriately appreciated.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just, I mean, Soul Survivor changed my life, so.
2: <laughs> well, again, that's that's Akon.
1: Akon's
2: A-Con, really carrying him.
1: Akon and Young Jeezy trying to take it easy, like I said. Only way to
2: go. And so. I'm just, just hearing the record scratch in my head. It, I need an, an auto-tune app. Or like an black. auto, like, can I buy like an auto-tune microphone so I can just go like take over a karaoke <laughs> bar and just do Acon? <laughs> I, don't,
1: I don't know if the I mean maybe. I don't know if there are like microphones made for that. Like hmm. auto I, I think That's an can, opportunity. Yeah, it could be.
2: <laughs> oh, I was thinking of it's not uh it's not Young Jeezy, but it's plies. Um, the Akon Plies Oh yeah classic hypnotize.
1: Yes. Which I all I almost also use that, but I decided to go with I'm so paid.
2: It's quite sexually vulgar. Yeah. Throughout.
1: Yes. That is true.
2: Really from the opening five seconds.
1: <laughs> from the first kick. Yeah. It was in the bag. Uh, yeah, or it was—it was in hand. <laughs> Game in it, hand.
2: In—in in the words of Plies, at about the seven-second mark. Oh, uh, booty keeps bumping, titties just bouncing up and down. <laughs> She's got me so hypnotized. <laughs> that was. Not Um, to be confused with the other Akon song featuring nobody titled Hypnotize. Right. Which has quite a, I don't know, a beach vibe electronic beat come in at the start.
1: Right. Very different song. (laughs) Wildly different.
2: (laughs) All right. I think that's all I got. Yeah.
1: Me too.